0: Most of you know that our Sunday morning sermons or services are broadcast on Abundant Life TV in the Middle East, in Africa, and in Europe, and some other places. And sometimes we wonder if we make a difference. And I received uh, four testimonies I want to share with you quickly this morning. The first one is from Pakistan. Dear Pastor Milton, my name is Naseem. I am watching regularly Abundant Life TV. We watch your program every Monday. We all family sit together and watch your program. Your teaching great impact to our family. Now we do daily prayer together and read the Bible also. Thank you, Naseem from Pakistan. The uh, the second one, Pastor, Pastor Milton, my son Sam, love your teaching. He's very happy to listen your sermons. He made notes of your each week sermon. Then he shared with his prayer group. He is growing in faith because of your program. Raiz from Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Respect. Respected sir, I am Monica from Nepal. I am prayer warrior and I write down entire your message, your sermon. Your pinpoints of today's sermon, amazing. Your selected good Bible reference. you shared nicely. I appreciate you, Monica from Kathmandu, Nepal. And one more. Pastor Milton, please share some of your teaching, which leads young brothers and sisters to come back to God. Please share and teach to young people. Please pray for Thailand. I love watch your program. Your program timing, very accurate. That time I have break from work. (laughs) That's from Chai Son in Bangkok, Thailand. So I just shared those with you to show that our church is having an impact not just in our own community, but God has given us the opportunity to reach out and make a difference in lives of people that we will probably never see until we get to heaven. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. Turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, if you will, and also Luke chapter 9. I want to talk to you it's an interesting topic today I want to talk to you about in the temple and in the house in the temple and in the house now that's a strange topic but I think you'll understand the power of that topic as we, we dive into this message today I, I love this passage in Acts chapter 2 beginning with verse 41 It says, Then those who gladly received his word, talking about Peter preaching the word of God, were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly. The The words there, continued steadfastly, are also interpreted in other translations as they were devoted for life. These were committed people. They weren't committed for a a short period of time a, maybe even a year or two they realized the difference that Jesus made in their life was an eternal difference an eternal difference and they were devoted to that difference it says they were they continued steadfastly in the Apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread in and in prayers Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Church, God still does signs and wonders and miracles. Verse 44, now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possession and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. Now this is not socialism. Socialism doesn't work what it's saying is that the church was family and notice the last part of that verse as anyone had need this wasn't everybody selling everything they had and throwing it into one big pot it was those that had more that had been blessed when when they would see a brother or sister in need they would sell something to help that family or that individual Now look at verse 46. This is what I want us to see today. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Everybody say in the temple. temple. And breaking bread from house to house. Everybody say from house house." house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I want us to see that God works in group settings, that God works powerfully in group settings. In fact, today, um, most people that come to know Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of their lives come and do so in a group service, in a large group setting of Christians. And that's why I feel it's important for us to go to Pakistan because we'll be speaking to over 15,000 people and giving them an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But also, it's important for us to meet together in small groups. In, in this passage, it says they met in house to house. And so I want us to, to see the importance of to that today, because both of those things are important, and sadly, many times, Christians are lacking in both of these. I know of many Christians right now, I could begin to name them, that do not attend a a church service and I'm not saying it's because they're sick or because they work or because they have responsibilities where they're taking care of a loved one or something I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about people that could could readily come to church and they just choose not to be a part of a large gathering and God's word tells us that we need to come together we need one another and I know Christians that that uh, can can come and be a part of a, a body like this for years and they'll be here every Sunday and they'll say hi to everybody and, you know, shake hands and then they'll be gone and they never really connect with one another. And church, God's called us to connect to one another. And so I want us to see in this passage today this powerful truth that I'm talking about. The, church, the early church grew larger and they grew smaller. And I'm excited today to tell you that our church is growing larger and it's growing smaller. Because next Sunday night we are launching 11, maybe 12 different home groups. And I'm excited about that. And I think as we look at the scriptures today, you're going to be excited about that. At least I hope you are. Because God has a place for large gatherings and has a place for Christians to come together in small groups. Both are important. Both help us grow. Both help us mature. God works miracles in both groups. Amen? So let's, let's go to Luke chapter 9 now in verse 10. Luke chapter 9 in verse 10. It's a familiar story, but you probably never looked at this passage in the way I want to today. Luke chapter 9 verse 10. The apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to a city called Bethsaida but when the multitudes knew it they followed him church people follow and multitudes still come to Jesus and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and he healed those who had been who had need of healing when the day began to wear away the 12 came and said to him send the multitude away "...that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a desert place here. But he said to them, this is Jesus, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy for all these people. For there were about five thousand men, that doesn't include the women and children." There are probably fifteen to 20,000 people. Church, Jesus does not mind large crowds. I've pastored some great small churches through the years in isolated rural Alaska. I thank God for them. But you know what? I believe every church should have a heart to grow. Every church should have a heart to grow. Then he said to the disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. At Summit, we're a, we're a group that grows. We're believing God for greater things. Amen? I don't believe God's through with our church. Why? Because we preach the Word. We don't take bits and pieces out of God's Word. We don't say that He's not the same yesterday, today, and forever. We say He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe God heals, we believe in miracles, we believe in transformed lives. We believe that Jesus still sets the captives free. And we love not only Jesus, but we love one another. I love our Sunday morning service. Services because they're not boring. Have you ever been to a boring church? God help us. If there's anything that should be exciting, it's Jesus. Amen. Amen. People, people all the time, they, I, I, I like football. I like the Cowboys because I grew up in Texas. So you, 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 if you're a Cowboy hater, that's okay. But I like the Cowboys. You know, and, and growing up, my mom, she liked the Cowboys. And I can remember sitting in front of the TV with her on the couch and the cowboys win or the cowboys make a great play. And, and my, my little mom, you know, she jumps up off the couch and does her happy dance and gets all excited. Church, we need to be excited about Jesus. Church needs to be exciting because it's the greatest institution in. That besides the family that comes together and we acknowledge Jesus we welcome him we worship him his presence and power and glory are in the house one of the scriptures I want to share is in Hebrews chapter 10 because sometimes Christians don't think they need to come to church they don't think they need any other Christians in their lives they don't meet in small groups they don't meet in large groups they just kind of believe Jesus on their own and I'm not saying that you're not going to make it to heaven if you do that but I'm going to but I will say it's contrary to what God's word says for the body of Christ Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and let us consider one another and that mean that means that I'm concerned about you more than I'm concerned about myself let us consider one another For this reason, in order to stir up love and good works. We come together not to see what we can receive and get out of it, but so that we can be encouraging and stir up love and good works in others. Then verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. The word day there is capitalized in your Bible and that's because it's speaking about the day of the Lord, the return of Jesus. So the closer that we get to the return of Christ, the more important it is that we assemble ourselves together. Not just in large gatherings, but also in small groups. Everywhere that Jesus went crowds followed him in matthew chapter 19 and verse 2 it says the great multitudes followed him and he healed them there in mark chapter 5 verse 24 it says jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him. John chapter 6, verse 2. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Time and time again in Scripture we see where Jesus draws people to himself. In John chapter 12, verse 32, this is what Jesus said. He said, and if And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Now he was referring to the death that he would die on the cross. But church, we still preach Jesus. We still lift up Jesus. We still lift up what He did on the cross and accomplished for us. And because of that, we should expect people to be drawn to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's interesting to note that the greatest altar call that we have in Scripture was from a preacher that had denied Christ three times. We're talking about Peter. And that this is the greatest altar call that's recorded where he preaches: three thousand souls are saved. In Acts chapter two, verse forty-one, we just read it then those who gladly received his word were baptized and that day about three thousand souls were added to them how many believe that Jesus can do that today I believe it and I'm praying he does why because there's many more than three thousand souls in our valley that need Jesus and whatever city or community you live in today guess what there are thousands of people that need jesus they are in this passage i want us to notice two things that happen in large gatherings the first thing in luke chapter 9 verse 11 but when the multitudes knew it they followed him And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. So first of all, in large gatherings, what? Jesus was teaching. He was preaching. He was instructing the people in how to live for God. We still do that today. Over 2,000 years later, we're still preaching and teaching the Word of God. Amen? And it transforms hearts and lives. Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, church, has to do with the rule of God. The rule of God. Because a king rules his kingdom. And and it's not just the church. It's not just heaven. It's anywhere that the rule of God comes, is welcomed. And church, we welcome his rule here. We welcome the kingdom of God. And when we welcome the kingdom of God, we're welcoming Him to come and rule where other things are trying to rule our lives. It can be sickness, disease, it can be alcohol, drugs, immorality, lust, pornography, all these things. But we can welcome the rule of God, His rule to come and to overrule the circumstances in our life, and He will come and rule in your heart and life. there's a special way that the Holy Spirit moves when we gather together in large groups there's just an excitement there's there's a there's a love for God and we come together with brothers and sisters that love God and God moves in a very special way and we need that today amen because we live in a world that's filled with lies and misinformation it doesn't matter where you are in the world today there are false things being taught there's false things being spoken there's lies and misinformation and church if it doesn't line up with the word of the living God it's not truth this is truth Jesus is truth he's the way the truth and the life Jesus said that not Pastor Milt amen we don't condemn other people and try to come against other people that, that may believe differently, but we will stand for truth. And I will tell you, it's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not any other world religion. It's a relationship with our Creator and our Savior, Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look at verse 11 in Luke chapter 9. What else happened? There was instruction going forth. The Word was being taught. It was being preached. But there were also healings happening. Jesus was healing people. You can receive a miracle in a large gathering. Listen, church. You don't have to have the pastor pray for you now I'm not telling you I don't want to pray for you I love to pray for you and the bible says if any is sick among you let them call for the elders of the church let them anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith is going to save the sick amen so you can call on our elders to come and pray for you but but church I want you to know that in Pakistan in the crusades that are taking place there are Hundreds and hundreds of people that they do not have an opportunity to lay hands on. And they are preaching the word, then they're praying for the people, and the people are being healed, not by the pastor, not by any preacher there. They're being healed by the presence of Jesus. It's Jesus who's healing them. I love that. Several times in scripture, it says that Jesus healed every single sick person that was in the multitude. And the word there for multitude means thousands, thousands of people. Jesus is our healer. One of my favorite verses out of Psalms is Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Aren't you thankful for that? That's a great place to say hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you Lord. You've forgiven me for all of my sin. All of my iniquities. All my mistakes. But he doesn't stop there. That's That's just one benefit. What does he say after that? Who heals all your diseases. There's not a sickness and not a disease that Jesus doesn't heal. He's greater than cancer. We had a testimony from Liz not, not just a few weeks back where we, she came and we prayed for her. And then she came back and had a clean bill of health from the doctor. He's greater than cancer. He's greater than heart disease. He's greater than kidney disease. He's greater than diabetes. He's greater. Have you, is anybody in here besides me and Melinda experienced a healing from Jesus? amen Jesus healed miraculously my knee when it was torn my meniscus I went to the doctor and he said oh you've got to do surgery it's torn I I couldn't even walk on it you know I just barely get around I, I have any of you ever done anything silly and you ended up injuring your body Believe it or not, your pastor did something silly years ago. I was in a, geni- a, a ninjutsu class. And, and he was a Christian. I liked him. It was a good exercise and he was teaching us. He had us jump, o- run and jump over a chair with a person in it and then on the other side we were supposed to dive and go into a roll and come out. (laughs) Ta-da! So I get yeah, I can do that. And I took off running and I dove over him just great. And I came down and I came down right on my shoulder and it just tore everything in my shoulder. Just ripped it. I mean, my, my arm was just dangling like this, you know. I've never had such excruciating pain. And guess what? We didn't have any Health insurance. So I said, Jesus, you're my healer. And I kept praying and I kept praying. And it's one of those things the doctors say, it's not going to heal itself. You know, these tears are, are too bad. You've got to have surgery. Well, I never had surgery and Jesus totally restored my shoulder. So Jesus healed in this instance. But I want, I want you to think about this. Just because you come to Summit and you may see Dave over there, hi brother, how you doing? Or Dr. Don. And, or you may see Melinda, hi, how you doing? Melody over here and she gives you a high five. You know? It doesn't mean that you really know one another. You know, I like to ride motorcycles. Alaska's an awesome place to ride motorcycles as long as you don't encounter a bear or a moose. And you know, if you're riding, I've got a Harley, and when I ride the Harley, you know, if you pass somebody that's riding the Harley, they'll they'll always stick their arm out And they'll give you the victory sign. And and you're, you're coming and you're meeting them and they're doing this and you're doing that and you just, you know, cross. You don't hit each other. You know, and then some people are that way with their cars. Some people, you know, they're part of the Jeep family. I've got a Jeep. You know, Pastor Monty, he's got a Jeep Gladiator and he's so proud of that. Facebook is filled with his little red Jeep Gladiator. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll flash a sign. I don't know what it, the Jeep sign is because I'm not a Jeep guy. But they'll flash the sign passing a Jeep, you know. And there's other, other cars that do that too. And, and my, uh, years ago when I was driving Corvette, they would always, you know, you pass another Corvette and you'd kind of give them a, I'm cool, you yeah. know. Whatever. But you know what? None of those people that I pass on the motorcycle, none of them know me and I don't know them. We're just part of the club. And church is not a club. It's a family. It's a family that loves one another and cares about one another. A family that desires to get to know one another. Look at Luke 9 verse 13 again. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to to his disciples, "Make make them sit down in groups of 50. Excuse me. Make them sit down in groups of 50. There's a shift in the model right there that Jesus is commanding them to do. They were a large group and now He's making them small groups. A group of 50. And they did so and made them all sit together. Then He took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to sit before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and twelve baskets of leftover fragments were taken up by them. What I want us to see here is that the miracle didn't take place this time when Jesus was teaching and preaching and everyone was one large crowd. The miracle took place when Jesus had them get into small groups. And the miracle took place not just in one individual in the small group, but it was a miracle that touched every single person in the small group. That's powerful. So think about that. Think about that. I believe that God still works in small groups. I believe that life happens, that we get connected, and that we are family in small groups. And and. Church, we're living in a time when the church needs to come together and be united. We need to care about one another. We need to support one another, encourage one another, stand together and have each other's back in the midst of the battle. Deep needs are met in small groups. Just imagine being in one of those small groups. Think about it. What do you think happened? They probably started talking. Where are you from? How'd you get here? What do you think about Jesus preaching? Isn't he awesome? What do you think is going to happen? There were probably lifelong friendships that started in, that, in those small groups. I don't doubt it. Why? Because they all experienced a miracle of Jesus together. They were encountering Jesus together. Jesus was impacting their hearts and their lives. And I love that. Miracles happen not only in large gatherings, but miracles happen in small groups. Lives are changed. And needs were being met. Think about this. Jesus didn't meet their needs completely in the large group, but He met their needs completely in the small group. He fed them. They were fed. And there's another, I think, message there in that when small groups are hungry and looking to Jesus... They experience the supernatural. So, what happens in a life group? People are empowered in life groups. Now, in scripture, you're not going to see Jesus in a large gathering like that step down. Very often, he's not going to do this and say, Hey, Peter, come, you preach. Or, Hey, John, you come preach. But, in the small group, Jesus empowered the disciples and the disciples were ministering in the divine power of God. Imagine the the loaf of bread in the small group and and He breaks it off and hands it. And He breaks it off and hands it. And somebody somebody says, Look at that! It's growing back. Every time he breaks it off and hands it to somebody, it's growing back. And one of the disciples was there and the disciples were ministering in the small groups. I want to be a church that does as much, you know, this is difficult for me to say. As much as I love to preach, as much as I love to teach church, I don't want to do it all. I want to empower our body of believers where we're all ministering in small groups. Do you like that? They experienced the opportunity in small groups to minister to one another. So, in closing, I want to make this statement. In the temple, they experienced the power of God, His presence. They experienced salvation and instruction and the miraculous. But in the homes or in the small groups, that's where life was happening. They were learning, yes, they, and they were learning how to be leaders and learning how to minister to one another. That's where life takes place. I, unfortunately, I can't be everybody here's best friend and bud. Because I'm not able to be everywhere. But I want every one of you to have someone that is so close in your small group that no matter what time it is in the night or day, you can call them and they're there for you. They have your back. If you're in an emergency, they have your back. Off, but life happens in small groups. This next Sunday night, we're launching 11, maybe 12. And if you haven't signed up for a small group, I want to encourage you to do that. Melinda and I are not going to head a small group if we can help it because we want to go. Travel from one small group to another every week and be with different small groups and get to know you uh, closer and and uh, just be there with each small group. But we need some leaders. We need some homes and some hospitality is in scripture. It's a gift. Some of you need to pray for that gift. You say, "Well, my home's too small." It's a small group. (laughs) So I want you to pray about being in a small group first. But pray about possibly opening up your home, because we're out of homes. And pray about being a leader in a small group, if you feel led to do that. Because God is not just growing our congregation larger. He's growing us smaller. It's not just in the temple, in the house of God. It's in house to house. Amen. Worship team, come on. I guess you didn't hear me. And I'm going to ask our prayer team to make their way to the front and around the back. And we're going to end today just giving you an opportunity to pray with one of our, our prayer team members. How many realize that a, coming up to a prayer team member, you're making a small group? Amen? You are. Jesus said where two or three are gathered in His name, He is there in the midst of them. So as the worship team Gets ready, I want you just to to pray with me about our small groups that are going to be launched next Sunday night. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you love the multitudes and gathering together. Lord, that you do miracles in the midst of of the multitudes, that you teach, you Lord, you bring instruction. And Lord, I thank you for the small groups where people connect and become family and draw closer and closer to one another. And Lord, the instruction that's there, the the miracles that take place there, just doing life together and realizing that you have a family around you that loves you and cares about you. Lord, we want to be that kind of church. Lord, the early church did it well. And Lord, we pray that we would do it just as well. And Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't made a commitment to Jesus today, I pray that right now they would get up from where they are, they'd find one of our prayer team. And Lord, they would just invite Jesus to come into their lives. Lord, if there's anyone that needs a healing today, Lord, that You would just... Bring your mighty healing touch to them. Lord, if there's those that need restoration in their families, if there are those that need to be set free from something that has them in bondage, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we pray today, Lord, that you just meet us in this house before we leave. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.